Thank you for coming in and joining me on the beginning of season two of the Otaku Observer podcast. My name is Wilton Houston. Thank you guys for joining. So this is going to be a loaded season. Um, I got a loaded season for you guys. There's been a lot of anime I've been able to catch up on. A lot of anime I've um, watched through this little bit of time that I've had um, in our quarantine days. Um, even though I've been able to work, thankfully, um, you know, I've been, so I haven't had as much free time as some people when they have to go, you know, when they're able to be home and like that, but I've, I've been able to catch up on a lot of shows, um, with the downtime of my normal real life type shows I have been able to watch because they've all been quarantined. So, um, let me just get into, of course, my trailer. Um, so as you guys may realize, I'm trying to start a new format this year. So I hope you guys dig that. But um, also, if you notice in the trailer, there was basically four shows that I highlighted that I'm going to talk about this season. Um, one of them was um, one of them was a show that I had seen a lot of clips and pictures and stuff on Twitter. And I've been seeing it on my newsfeed, and I've heard a couple people mention, you know, how good it is and stuff like that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and check the show out just to see how good it is. Because I had a feeling it was gonna be a, I had a feeling it was gonna be good, and a feeling I was gonna like it, but I didn't know it was gonna be I was gonna fall in love with it. Like Haikyuu is Haikyuu is next level. Um, it really is next level. Um when I watched that show, the vibes I got from it was um I got Prince of Tennis with um, kind of, not necessarily Naruto, probably more Black Clover. Um, I got those kind of feelings of the of, of, the, of the anime from Haikyuu. Um, I say Prince of Tennis because of the fact that one of the main reasons why I love Prince of Tennis, as far as out of all the sports shows, it's literally my favorite, um, is because of the fact that in Prince of Tennis... Not only do you get to learn the main characters and learn the main characters' teammates, you know, because it's tennis, it's teams, it's a team sport. So not only do you get to learn the teammates and things like that, and you get to see those characters develop throughout the team, but you also come across all the rival schools that they cut that they that they go up against, and you kind of get and 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 with and with most of them, you get their stories as well. So. It's not just a development of the main characters in the in a sense, or in a sense, the main school slash team, but you also see a development of their rivals and how they get better and what they do and how they change throughout the seasons of the um show. Um, and you get that from Haikyuu. Um, you know, not only do you see, you know, saying of course the main two characters who are who are the main focus of the story. Not only do you see how they grow and come together, but you also get to see how um you know, their rival schools grow and how they're getting better and what and what and what the connections are between those characters. Um it's very it is so well done. And the animation, oh my gosh, I love it. Um I love the animation. Um it is especially when they do the net plays, um how they focus on like the like the inner net plays and they slow that time down and, re- and you see the the little micro reactions that they have to make at the net. 
Um, oh my gosh, it is so good. So, um, I was, of course, I was, I was pleasantly mad. I'll say that I was pleasantly mad with how good that, um, that anime, um, that anime is. And so it took, so, um, of course, when I dove into it, I ended up going through like all the episodes on Crunchyroll literally like that. Like in, I want to say in like two weeks, I literally killed that show. Um, so I'm basically waiting on the next season to start up. Um, I think I've seen two episodes, I think, come out since then. I haven't watched them yet. Um, I, th- I think I've seen two new episodes from the new season supposed supposedly came out, but there hasn't been anything else since then, at least now on Crunchyroll. So I'm basically waiting to see if they're going to make more or release more. But, um, I look forward to, I look forward, I look forward to that. I look forward to more episodes from them. Um, cause if I have to read the manga for that and as I'm going to, I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry if I have to read the manga for that one. Um, but I will definitely review that at a later date. Um, so the other, one of the other shows that I, of course, did in the trailer was a show on Netflix called King, um, Kingen, Kegan Ashura, Kingen Ashura. So Kingen Ashura is, is Baki-esque, um, is Baki-esque. And I say that because it's basically about it's basically about um actually scratch that. It's to describe it better, it's actually a combination of Baki with um what is the name of that anime I literally just watched? <laughs> um there's an there's an anime that I just I just I watched really really not too long ago. Um that was a that was about um people who basically gene splice, like they gene splice people. Um, basically giving them like animal traits and they fight. So you have like, for instance, a kind of high, uh, human, humanistic tiger versus like, uh, you know, a were not rare, but like a, a, a bear cat, something like that, or a mongoose, a mongoose, something like that, you know? So, um, but it was, it's basically like, it's basically like that show combined with Baki. Um, because basically in King and Ashura is basically the setup of, the multi-billion dollar dollar companies when they have basically trade beefs or business battles in a sense and disputes how they, they sell it by basically having their prize fighter go up against the other company's prize fighter and whoever wins basically gets you know the money or the building or whatever they're battling over you know whatever the argument whatever argument they're disputing over that's 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 that's, 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 what, that's what they fight for so you basically have like literally million dollar matches happening underground you know in the in the in the in the, in the you know, most illegal operations, whatever like that. And the main character is, even though it's technically about the fighter, it's, in my opinion, it's more so about the, the random businessman guy, the old businessman, the old businessman guy who happens to come across the fighter in the alleyway. Um, but you, it's basically about him and the main, actual main fighter. But what's interesting about this show though, is the fact that the in my opinion, of course, you have the frontline story, which is about the main fighter trying to win this tournament, and you know, of course, because and because basically the thing is this: um, the main fighter is hired by the company of the guy that watched the fight, his company, and so um, the boss, the CEO, or whatever, hired tells the guy that saw him in the alleyway, "Hey, you're gonna be, hey, you're gonna take care of this guy. Basically, whatever he needs, you make sure he gets it," and so. Um, he does basically, he has him basically go through like two other fights for a test to see how good he is. He wins both fights, but, um, after he wins, he's like, well, I don't think he's good enough to go in this tournament with him. He's good, but he's not that good. I'm gonna go with somebody else. 
So and, and kind of out of out of you know out of spite, he's like, "Well, you don't think I'm good enough?" And then fine, then I'll enter the tournament and, and beat your fight or whatever. So even though he's in a tournament with this guy that he's been partnered with, you know, at the same time, the thing is, you know, what I'm saying he's trying to basically prove to himself that his fighting style is the best. But it's funny because um, you find out that basically the crux of his problem is the fact that he doesn't even believe in his own fighting style because he watched his master lose and die. And so he's all like, well, if you lose, you're weak. You know what I'm saying? So in his mind, it's like, what's the point of me using your fighting style if you lose? You know what I'm saying? That, mean, that means just to find something that can beat you, even though he doesn't understand the concept of the fact that every fighting style can lose, but whatever. That's neither here or there. Um, that's neither here or there. But anyway, the point is, though, is that um, the crux of the situation is the fact that he's a fighter that is struggling to actually believe in the techniques that his master taught him. And even though they all, and even though they have their, their, their pluses, they also have their weaknesses. He has to understand that if you use them for their actual pluses, you can be a really, really strong fighter. And so that's basically what the gist of the show is about, but it's really good. Um, I definitely check, I definitely suggest everybody check it out. And again, I will do a, a more in-depth review of it later. Um, the third show I believe was, what was the third show? Oh yeah. Okay, so after I went on my Haikyuu um, binge and came out feeling literally empty, like literally I was like, oh, great, now what am I going to watch? Like <laughs> I, I went through this like butter, like I have nothing to watch now. So um, I had also been seeing in my news feed as far, not news feed on Twitter, but um, in my feed for like, you know, suggestions of shows to watch, things like that, was this basketball show called I Hero No Sora. And I hadn't watched a basketball anime literally since like um, the show Dear Boys. I don't even know if y'all remember that or if anybody anybody old enough to remember that show. But um, but Dear Boys was a good show. It was it's actually pretty good. Um, I don't remember it. I literally don't remember it. It's, it was literally years ago. Like I think I was still in college when I saw that show. But um, but I want to say it basically was about it was it was kind of about what I hear no stories about. Um, you had this group of um, I want to say high schoolers. I think their coach was a female i can't remember if they had a female coach or a male coach but, that, but i know but i remember they had a they had this coach that they were trying to um you know basically win for and i want to say they got close to winning championship i don't even know if, i don't think they won but the point is though is the fact that it was it was a it was a it was a really kind of like shonen type of basketball show like you had the main characters um who are on this big you know this team this basketball team is it's, it's kind of underdog basketball team and, you know, they were basically, you know, not really like they were good, but they weren't destined to go to like the Nationals and like that. And they basically, you know, did their best to get there. So, um, but it was a good show. Um, Dear Boys, I really like it. It didn't really stand out to me. Um, maybe one day I'll go back and watch it to review it again. But um, aside from that, so going back to I Hear No Sora. So I Hear No Sora. So I'm seeing this on my, on my feed and I'm like, okay, basketball anime. Uh, I don't know because I'm 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 really picky with my sports shows because even though most sports anime tends to be like super extreme super extreme and some and most of them tend to be good it's like I feel like when it comes to sports anime if you don't really have I feel like what it needs is aside from needing a good plot like a good story you really need to be able to touch on the characters because the because in sports anime the characters makes the actual like I mean that's that's like that's like ninety percent of all anime, but the but it's it's more it's more pass or fail for me in sports anime because of the fact that you know unless you have an actual affection for the sport, 
then, you know what I'm saying, it's not really anything there to build upon. So it's like you have to have kind of a um, ultimate connection with the actual characters because you gotta have to basically it's it's kind of like watching you know what sports you watch now like if you don't have, if you don't have, if for instance if you don't if you're not a fan of let's say LeBron you know or a fan of Kobe whatever something like that then you don't really care about basketball you know what I'm saying or or when you do watch them you don't really have anybody to cheer for you know what I'm saying so it's kind of it's kind of like that input to it but anyway um so I hear no sore is basically about. You have this one kid who I believe he's, yeah, I believe he's a freshman. He's a freshman who just got to high school and he is, you know, of course, like short, you know, he's short. He's like, I think five feet, something like that. But the point is he's short and he's, you know, wants to be a basketball player and, you know, he's never been able to start in a game because he's always been short his whole life, even though his mom is like famous. Cause like, I, I want to say his mom was like, one of the one she she actually made the national team something like that whatever like the national representative teams on for japan and so um you know so he wants to play and he has and he finally gets to this school he's like okay i'm finally gonna be at this school i'm gonna I'm a join the basketball team and i'll be able to start you know i'll impress them and i'll be able to start unfortunately the school he goes to where is where the is, is um is where the basketball team is a bunch of, is a bunch of delinquents so <laughs> he ends up trying to play you know he ends up trying to practice and of course the link was like hey what are you doing the court and they basically bully him off the court. And so he challenges them the next day. He's like, hey, I'll challenge you to a match, blah, blah. If I win, you know what I'm saying, then let me play in the court, whatever. So he challenges them, and he can ba- and basically he's a Steph Curry. Like, if you know basketball, he's a Steph Curry. He's, he's a long-range specialist shooter. He can shoot threes. So they're all trying to check him, like, thinking he's going to try and draft the basket. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to shoot from here. And he shot the three. Makes it. He's like, oh, okay. He, oh, he, oh, he can shoot three. Okay, cool. Well, we can we can't do it again. And he does it again and again and again and again. So, um, but yeah. So he ends up being the delinquent, basically. Like I think three out of five times, whatever, something like that. Because they end up trying, they, they end up trying to like you know, run it back, whatever, play him again. But it's funny because you notice that the main guy that's like the head kind of bully, he has some defensive skills because he actually can read him. He can actually read his movements and stuff. So. Basically, to wrap it up a little bit, um, the main head bully, whatever, ends up, you know, agreeing to the freshman kid main character to building a basketball team. And so, um, but they end up building one mostly because of the fact that they got into basically a fight with a rival school and they basically got challenged by their basketball team for punishment. So they all come together trying, you know, for this basketball match. And of course they lose. Because you got, because you basically have two people, you have three people who who never played basketball before. They don't have a head coach, um. So you got three people who never played basketball before on the team. You got the one guy who played for like I think a year or a year or two in middle school and he quit with his brother who was the same, who was who was also the same. He's really good, but he and he's basically the genius point guard. But he, you know, he quit, um, because in middle school they, him and his brother were playing and they got basically they got beaten and the whole team quit. So. Um, so that's basically what the show is about. You know, it's about, it's about basically about, it's literally about a team for the most part of people who have never gotten a chance and are basically all starting from point zero, like as point zero as you can make it because you got the main character who's highly talented, but he's never been able to, but he's never been a starter because he's short. You got two guys who, who are who are really good in middle school, but they quit because of the fact that they were on they were on a team that quit when they were losing like 70, 70 to twenty, something like that. And then you got um 
And then you got, um, you know, the three guys who were basically hanging out with the main one of the, one of the brothers, or whatever, who never played basketball in their life. And so it's literally about teams starting from scratch, and they're and and they're having and they're trying to compete and go to nationals against teams. Of course, have been you know against teams that 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 have players that have been playing since like elementary school. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how do you make up? It's like not so. Not only is it really about you know building the team up, building it, building it, building your um building up your trust, getting actual good players, things like that. But it's also the fact of um you know it's also about how in the world am I going to be able to, you know, make up for all the lost time when you have all these guys that are still playing? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a really good show. Um, and then the last one was Rent a Girlfriend. So Rent a Girlfriend, I have so many mixed emotions about that show. Um, so if you um. Listen to Chibi J. She mentioned Rent a Girlfriend because that's one of the shows that she watched. And Rent a Girlfriend is basically a show about a guy who basically got dumped by his current by his he got he got dumped by his girlfriend after dating her for about a month. Um, and it was and she dumped him because of the fact that she's basically a petty. She's I mean I mean she's basically a queen bee slash um. Uh, I'll just say snob. You know, she's basically a queen bee slash snob. So, well, really man eater because basically she only goes out with guys if she can get something from them. And basically, she dated him out of kind of like just the, because of the fact that he eyed her so much, like because of the fact that he wanted her so much. That's the only reason why she dated him. But she didn't really find him attractive or anything. She didn't care about him. So she ends up dumping him. And after he gets dumped, he he sees this little ad thing online, and it's like you know because he's doing what guys do, watch porn and jacking off. But he basically sees his ad thing about renting a girlfriend. He's like, bump it, I'll try it out. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I want to say his first initial thought was, I'll just, you know, um, I'll do this thing, whatever, and then I'll go ahead and, um, you know, um, basically give her a bad review and stuff like that because he want to take revenge out on his, on his girlfriend. So he does it. She's, of course, perfect. He can't, you know, and, and and of course he can't figure out what to do because he's because he because he originally planned on trashing her, but she's so perfect that he's like, crap, I can't do anything about it because she's so perfect. And so he tried. So after trying to fight her a little bit, she ends, she ends up breaking down and and he's and she's like, hey, blah blah blah. You know, she basically fusses him out for trying to you know trash her and ruining the dates of that. She's like, you know, basically saying, hey, I'm like, hey, I'm being professional here. I'm trying to do my best to be you know be here for you, yada yada. And so. Um, you know, he ends up basically, of course, end up giving in and is like, all right, fine. You know, I'll, I'll respect you. You know what I'm saying? You did, you did great. So, um, but basically the, the premise of the show is basically, um, because it's more so about how he develops, because really the thing is you, you, you see from the beginning, he has no, um, he has no, he has no real, like, believe in himself like he has no confidence in himself he doesn't really know how to talk to girls he doesn't really know how to re- interact with girls things like that so you so you know from the beginning okay either he, either he's going to develop into basically someone who ends up who ends up gaining kind of like all the girl's attention or he's just gonna be like the attention wheel of the group where he just happens to have girls that like him for no reason you know but um but it's but basically he does end up developing into someone that ends up having um some character development with his interaction with girls and things like that but the way it ends and even the middle 
bothered me a lot, a lot of things. And so, like I said, so I'm, I'm gonna review that show, of course, later down the road. But um, but again, that's a really good show to check out. So, you might be thinking by this point, well, what show are you gonna talk about today? Well, let's get into that. So, the show I'm gonna talk about today is a show that I've actually been wanting to watch since I was like in middle school slash high school. Um, but the name of the show is Evangelion. So let's get to that. Okay, so what I'm talking about now is Evangelion. So Evangelion is this is a show I've actually been looking forward to watching because I've actually been interested in it ever since like middle school slash high school. But when I finally got down sat down and watched the show, I came away with a lot of mixed emotions because I love the plot. I love the story behind the actual show itself. But I couldn't stand the fracking characters that were involved. Like, they pissed me off to high waters. Um, the show starts off basically with um, a teenage boy. I can't remember, I can't remember the, the main character's name. Um, I only remember a certain number of characters' names. But the main character, he um, basically is summoned literally by his father. Um, I think via letter that basically just says, come meet me. Um, you know, like come meet me, whatever at much at much called place. So he goes to this city to go meet him, and the day he arrives is actually under attack by this monsters by a monster called what they call angels, and so his eventual caretaker picks him up from the um train station, whatever, ends up taking him to the um place. He gets to see his father for the first time in like years, and the only thing he says to him is, "I need you to get in this machine, this robot machine, and go fight these monsters and go save the city." And he's like, wait, what? Like, you want me to go fight? Like, no. Like, why are you, like, is, like, is that the only reason why you called me here? Like, why? And he's like, if you don't, like, basically, his father says, if you don't want to do it, tough luck. Go ahead. Go. I don't need you. I'll put the girl in there. You know what I'm saying? And, and do your job then. And so he's like, and, and of course, he sees this girl that is, like, literally covered in bandages, Ray. She's like literally covered head to toe in bandages, has like five different broken bones or like that. Like she's in no condition to do anything, let alone being a robot to fight a monster. And she and he's like, nah, I can't put her through that. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'll fight. So um, so he ends up fighting, ends up basically uh, I think he ends up passing out, um, and then ends up taking um and then like the machine takes over and ends up killing the monster, or whatever, like that. But in any case, um, the show is basically about um, these monsters that they call angels that um, I 
I want to say they came from space. They come from space, whatever, and they, like no one knows why they come. No one knows what they're after or anything. Um, they just come, they attack, and they got. And the only way to defend against them is with these monsters, with the rope, with these like giant robot monsters that um, that the government basically developed to fight them. And so, um, the agency that's in charge of fighting against these monsters is the main character's dad. The so he ends up being in. And another thing that bothers me about this show is how everyone has their own ulterior motives involved in the show. Like everyone is like, they're only in it for themselves in a sense. And they all have their own personal agendas as far as what they're after and what, and, and none of it has anything to do with the actual people that matter in the show. Like, (laughs) um, like it bothers me how, like for instance, going with the pilots, um, because the main character isn't the only pilot. There's two other people that end up. Well, technically there's four, but I'll get to that later. But there's two of the people that the two of the main people that are involved as far as our pilots. The other pilot I mentioned before is Ray. Ray has been there for at least a few months, if not longer, before um, before the the other pilot came, and she's the woman that has been doing all the field tests and been getting basically wrecked, like been getting beat the frack up in battle because she has no because you know she had, she didn't get any training or anything she didn't get no training she nothing she just basically got sued up oh you're compatible you can sing with this robot get out there and start fighting them you know what i'm saying so she's been getting wrecked from day one since they first arrived and well ever since the program started up for them to fight against them and so um and then you have um the main character who um he has a natural affinity talent to sync to having a to having a high sync synchronization rate with the actual robots that they use the weapons robot weapons they use to fight these angels with and so um that's where that's why that's what makes them in a sense quote-unquote special but as far as talent like he has no talent for it he has none and on top of that he's i mean he's your i hate to say it this way but he's your classic average teenager you know what i'm saying he's not someone who wants to get into a fight like he has to go looking for a fight he doesn't want to get in a fight he's you know what i'm saying a peaceful kind-hearted kind-hearted kid you know he just wants to live a normal life so and then you have the third pilot um asuka who gets on my nerves the most out of everybody in this in that show um and in my opinion got what she deserved but anyway um she's the one that basically is beginning that basically that basically received all the training and got all the knowledge and everything like basically was spoon fed everything that they that, that was necessary to know as far as how to be a pilot and everything like that because of the fact that they saw how badly um ray got messed up and they kind of had the, and they kind of had to jump him in because of the fact that he had the highest incarnation rate so basically all the mistakes they made they taught her so that she wouldn't have to repeat them so and of course she's cocky because she's all like, well, I was chosen to be a pilot. I'm the only one that's been chosen to be a pilot, yada, yada, yada. You know what I'm saying? I'm the one with the, cl- the talent, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you have all this arrogance about you. But the only reason why you have all this training be- and all, all this knowledge that you speak of is because of the fact that the two guys who basically were in the field the whole time were basically getting, getting, getting you the data for you to not make the same mistakes. So that's the only reason why you actually have all the training that you have anyway right now. But in any case, um, what makes this so even more upsetting is the fact that, um, like for instance, like for instance, um, there's a main scene, um, 
Like there's a main scene when Oscar and uh the main character have to do this uh teamwork basically against like they have to team up against a certain angel because of the fact that it's um the angel kind of I think has like a split it's like split in two so it's kind of like a twin um so they have to basically work together to basically kill the enemy at the same time like kill both shadow like kill both sides of the, of, the, of the angel at the same time. So they're basically training by doing by basically working together, playing this little twister type twister slash dance party pattern thing where they got a match pattern or whatever on a, on a board, and they keep failing because of the fact that you know what I'm saying she refuses to match the main character. Like she basically, like basically, she wants the main character to match her rather than she try and match him or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But the point is, she refused to work with him to make it to make the uh, the whole thing easier, and so. Um, and so a couple of their friends from school comes over and they're all like, you know, Hey, well, well, oh, well, how's it going? Whatever, you know, how's the whole train thing going? And, you know what I'm saying? She basically cusses him out, cusses out the main character, you know, for not, for being beneath her and all this stuff like that. And the caretaker, caretaker the woman that's their caretaker is all like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Well, if you don't think you can do it, Ray, how about you hop in there? And Ray, the first woman, you know, the first um child, she hops in there and literally in the first try matches him perfectly on the first try. Just matches him perfectly. And so, you know what I'm saying? They're all like, wow, she's really good. They're really good together, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and it make you know, of course, it fractures her ego because of the fact that she couldn't believe that somebody else could actually, you know, out-partner her. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what the heck? So, um, but anyway, um, but what, and then what gets to me, though, is the fact that as much as she talks down to this dude, like as much as she talks down to Shinji, that's his name, the main character's name is Shinji, as much as she talks down to Shinji and trashes him and basically thinks thinks so little of him, for some reason he likes her. But he likes her only in a sense because of the fact that she has these moments where she's basically, in a sense, um, not necessarily fragile, but um, she has these moments where her guard is somewhat let down. And she basically can, and she basically reveals that she's in a sense human, but she's still cocky as crap. Like just because she has moments where she lets her guard doesn't mean that's that's who she is. That's not her real character. Her real character is who she is when she's in when when she's trashing you the whole time. And um, and so she um, but anyway, so getting back to my point though is the fact that um, everyone has their own ulterior motives. So the like for instance with Asuka. She only wants to show out and prove that who she is because of the fact that there's this guy um, who basically is a spy and, and has feelings for Shinji's caretaker. Um, she has feelings for him, and she wants to basically prove to him that she's actually worthy to be, you know, basically, quote-unquote, considered an adult to basically be able to date him. And I'm, and I'm all like, one, you're a kid. I understand kids don't... I understand, you know, with, with, with a lot of anime... The presumption is, you know, teenage girls think ahead of themselves, whatever like that. But still, it's, dude, you're a kid. What the heck? Um, but basically, she's only trying to get attention of this dude, even though she understands and knows the fact of the matter is he doesn't have eyes for her. He has eyes for Shinji's caretaker, even though Shinji's caretaker um, doesn't want to admit that she has feelings for him because of the fact that they used to, that them two yes, she used to date way back in the day when they were in college and she basically um, got attached to him because of the fact that when she was younger, during the first wave of the angel attacks, um, or during the first explosion, whatever, I forget what they call it, the first explosion, whatever, the first mistake, whatever, the point is, there's a huge explosion, 
and her father got killed in an explosion. And so ever since then, she's been basically pining for revenge against the angels. And so she basically joined the whole crew as far as the company, whatever that Shindy's dad runs to try and get revenge on, on, on those angels. And back when she was in college working with um, this guy, she um, caught feelings for him because of the fact that in a way he reminded her of her father. And she didn't, and she felt it was weird that she basically, that even though she didn't like her father because of the fact that her father was always away from her and not home, she didn't like the fact that, you know what I'm saying, he was never home, but yet for some reason in the final moments, he showed so much compassion for her. And so she's like, do I really want my father this whole time? Yeah, you do. Clearly. What the heck? Um, but any case, um, she's supposed to be caring for, she's like, bottom line is, um her whole responsibility is to be caring for shinji shinji is already in a situation that is effed up because the fact of the matter is his mom got pieced um i forget how but his mom got pieced a long a long time ago and ever since his mom got pieced his father basically in a sense shut him out like she um like his father basically stopped showing emotions or whatever and so Granted, it's a mis- I feel like that's more of an adult kid misunderstanding between them two when it comes to how the whole thing happened with his mom dying. But the fact of the matter is, though, is the fact that when that situation happened, um, when that situation happened, his, um, you know what I'm saying, he hasn't seen his father since then. And so the first time he sees his father, it's basically to throw him into harm's way to the point where he could basically be killed. Like he doesn't care. Like he still doesn't care about him, and he's and he only came there because he's thinking, well, maybe my father's finally gonna accept me, and yada yada yada. No, he, I'm just I'm just I'm just another tool to be used by my father for his own personal schemes, whatever. In a situation of of getting whatever he's after from you know all the things going on in the background, and so and Cindy's caretaker is not taking care of him in the least bit because she's so busy dealing with her own problems that she's not even thinking about what's going on with Shinji. And the high point moment for me, because of all this personal agenda crap, was when the fourth child got got basically got selected. So when the fourth child got selected, who happened to be basically um because the, there was this kid basically when Shinji first got to the school, um there was this kid there that got mad because I think his sister got hurt in the in the accident of the first attack when Shinji was there. And so um he was going around spouting about, you know, how he was mad at the angel, which was Shinji, that got his sister hurt. And Shinji basically made a comment that was um not necessarily arrogant or anything like that. Basically he made a comment that basically made him sound as if like because basically I I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was basically something like you know what I'm saying? Um, like, why would you, like, why would I, like, um, like, I didn't want, like, like, I didn't want to be the one to do this, you know, I didn't want to do this any, anyway, because basically, he's basically saying how I didn't ask to do this job anyway, like, I'm just, I'm just doing this, and so, you know what I'm saying, so he basically got pissed off and punched him, and she just like, you know, whatever, so, <laughs> and so, um, and so, but ever since then, though, you know what I'm saying, he basically felt bad about punching him because of the fact that, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't understand the fact that he's still, the, he's still the only person that's really being positioned to b- defend this whole city and let alone the whole world. And so, um, after that situation, he ends up apologizing, but he ends up apologizing for it and, and, and they end up becoming friends. And so his, um, 
his friend ends up becoming the fourth pilot. But when he's chosen, in a sense, everybody knows this except for Shinji. No one tells Shinji that he's that he is the fourth pilot because, and it's and it's sad because it's like when you walk when you go through the situation. Of course, Shinji's father knows because he selected him. As far as I know, he selected him, but he ain't gonna tell Shinji anything. He he didn't even want to talk to him for the past five, ten, five to ten years, whatever. Um. So saying so, Shinji knows. Shinji's father knows. His caretaker knows because she's in charge of basically the, of all the angel pilots. Um. Even though she's Shinji's direct caretaker, she's 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 still in charge of all the pilots that go out there into the into battle. So she's basically, of course, knew that dude was chosen as well. And then um, Asuka found out only because of the fact that um I want to say when she had went on a date whatever something like that like her own kind of quote unquote date with um the guy that she likes she happened to come across the paperwork that he had that basically mentioned um that guy being selected as as the next child whatever and so she basically found out through snooping or whatever so she knows and then of course there um um Shinji's uh um indirect friend with the other pilot with the new pilot the fourth child um their mutual friend whatever he knows because of the fact that um he sees you know what because like he kind of secretly wants to be a pilot but he um knows he's not talented enough whatever or can't be chosen and so when he the way he sees you know shinji of course leave to go to work quote unquote um he sees the their mutual friend whatever leave and go you know leave and go as well so he's like okay he got chosen and you know what i'm saying so why can't i be chosen like shinji's a pilot he got chosen why can't i be pilot so he's so he's in there asking so there's a part where he's asking them all these questions as far as stuff regarding you know the fourth child and the incidents around the, um the facility where the fourth child's um mech whatever is kept and she and she's just like i don't know anything about this like what are you talking about and he's like oh you don't know and so he's thinking, well, maybe they ain't tell him because of the fact that you know it's it's it's, it's you know classified information. He doesn't even know that, whatever. No, they didn't tell him because they just didn't they didn't tell him. Like no one cares about the fact that they just chose Sinji's best friend, who already doesn't have anybody else in his life because he doesn't have a connection with his father. He doesn't have a connection with Asuka, who even though he wants one for no apparent reason. And then on top of that, he doesn't have a relationship with um with anybody else. Like, um, so. It gets to the point where an angel comes, hacks the um, mech of the fourth child, Shinji's best friend, hacks the mech, and then basically, and then basically, Shinji's father orders Shinji and the crew and the rest of the pilots to basically destroy the new, the new mech, like the new, um, the fourth child's mech. And Shinji's like, "Wait, isn't there like, like, wait, like, 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 wait, isn't the fourth child in there? Like, isn't that still, you know, a, a child, one of us? Like, 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 who is it?" And Oscar's like, "Oh, you still don't know? It's it's putting in." And her calm gets cut because she gets attacked by the angel, or whatever. And so basically, he doesn't find out who it is until literally after he destroys the mech and sees the body, you know, what I'm saying being shoved out. And he's like, "Oh shoot, I just killed my best friend." You know, what I'm saying like, and that's and and all of this could have prevented could have been prevented. Had everyone actually been doing their fracking jobs rather than focusing on ulterior motives, and like, and that's the reason why I could not stand the show, and it was so hard for me to finish it. The only reason why I finished it was because I was like, you know, I started the show, I need to finish it. I want to say, I want to say this ends, and then the ending was even worse. Like, <laughs> the ending made it even worse. Um, so I won't, I won't spoil that for you because if you are watching it, you need to see the ending. 
But I'll just say this. The ending made no sense to me at all. And I don't mean like in a sense that I don't understand why they did, you know, whatever they did for the ending. I mean, it didn't make sense because of the fact that you have this issue going on, this issue going on. This is what's happening right now currently. And then at the crux of every moment of, of, of all these moments, it's like, OK, now that comes the ending and they kind of just made it a psychological, a psychological, you know, um, a psychological bender of basically playing out scenarios of what ifs had Shinji chose different roles and different things in life and then actually and then basically and then basically summarize that with his conviction of why he does what he does but they never actually solved the issue of what was going on in the beginning of of of, of you know well basically they never saw the issue of what was going on during the end of the actual show so it's like it ends without ending but it ends with a kind of purpose of his convictions behind why he does what he does and who he is. And, and he, and he kind of understands now why he does what he does. But it's like, we don't need all this. Like we knew this stuff because of the fact that we've been watching the show for the past 20 some episodes, like we knew this already. Why is it the fact that he has to just now discover this? And why does that have to be the ending of the actual season? Like it, it was, uh, it was, oh my gosh. I, it was, it was a, it was shamelessly like, I won't say it was a waste, but it was a letdown. It was a huge letdown for me. Evangelion was a huge letdown for me, um, especially for a show that I've been looking forward to seeing for so long. So, but yeah, so that's my review of Evangelion. Um, the next time that I get a chance to do a podcast, um, I will hit on another show that I've been able to watch. And I think I will do, matter of fact, yeah, I might do that one. I won't let you know. I won't tell you what it is, but I'll give you a clue. Until next time, guys. Eddie Gato for signing in. Eddie Gato, guys, and adios. Mm-hmm.